Hello and welcome to Talking SME, our quickfire chat with business leaders. I'm Jane O'Gorman and I'm very pleased today to welcome Sarah Sen from Sen HR Consulting. Sarah is an award-winning HR and dynamic working consultant who works with SME clients to develop modern and flexible workplaces. Sarah is particularly passionate about updating outdated ways of working to help companies build flexible solutions for the future of work. Hi, Sarah. How are you? Hi, Jane. Thank you for having me. Yeah, very good. Thank you. Great. Lovely to have you here on this rather wild day. It's a bit breezy out there, isn't it? <laughs> it certainly is. And I apologise if your listeners can hear the rain in the background, but hopefully it will all be good. Oh, I'm sure it will. Can't hear anything at the moment, Sarah. <laughs> Um, Sarah, so so the buzzword at the moment, moving on, I guess, from the remote working challenges of the last year is hybrid. I certainly know from conversations I'm having on a daily basis that, that hybrid is becoming the adopted norm. So, so it would be lovely to spend some time today thinking about how to make hybrid work. What do you think hybrid means for the future of the office? Sure. Well, thank you, Jane. I think before I answer your question, mm. it might be helpful just to, ex to explain what hybrid working actually is. Okay. Uh, so, so like you say, it, it's been talked about a lot, but despite all the discussion, not everyone seems to agree on exactly what it means. <laughs> so from my perspective, hybrid working is essentially a form of flexible working. It's where an individual or team with, within a business work part of their time in the office and part remotely. Um, so over the last year, because of the pandemic, many of us have been working exclusively from home. But there's lots of research now that's revealing that today, I think it's about 73% of workers want flexible work remote options to continue mm. um, post-pandemic. So with that in mind, companies obviously need to rethink how, where and when they work. Um, because one, one thing we have learned from the pandemic, of course, is that work doesn't have to be done in, in an office anymore. Yeah. So, so going back to your question then about what this means for the future of the office. Well, I think how we use office space in the future will look and feel quite different to how things were before the pandemic. And research is showing us that the majority of employees like the flexibility of remote working but they still do want to be able to attend an office as part of their working week. Mm -hmm. So my first piece of advice for clients thinking about moving to a more dynamic way of working is to think carefully about what the purpose of their office will be going forward. And, and, and that might seem like a quite a simple question, but the reality is quite different and really needs some careful consideration. So for example, you might decide to repurpose your office space which has historically been fixed banks of desks to something that is far more flexible and used maybe predominantly for collaboration or team meetings and client engagement. So really, for me at its best, hybrid working is about matching the task to the location and doing mm. the right work in the right place. And there's lots of examples of people saying that they work more productively on certain tasks from home so actually, now is the opportunity to really think about that work and where, where the office fits into that. Good. I like that, task and location. 
excellent yeah so, absolutely <laughs> so so what for employers what would you say they need to consider as a nation is moving out of lockdown what practical steps should be taken as companies pivot to a hybrid model of work sure okay so Firstly, I think employers need to speak to their staff to understand how they're feeling about lockdown measures easing and what this might mean for them in terms of a potential return to the office. We can't assume we know what our staff are thinking or feeling. And for some who have potentially been out of the office for over a year now, there may be some anxiety about attending the office or commuting to work or even simply being around their colleagues or customers in person. Um, for, for others, of course, it may not be an issue and they'll embrace the change with open arms. But the point is, is that we are all different and managers need to get close to how their people are feeling about this stuff sooner rather than later so they can factor it into their plans. Um, and it's worth saying that any plans that employers do make now about hybrid working obviously should take into account a short and long term view of the future because if you think about it, with so many variables, initial hybrid working plans are likely to change and evolve over time. So companies might plan for interim hybrid working in the short term, but also think longer term about the strategic decisions on a more flexible uh, form of working, which will obviously include how they use their office. Yeah. And then just just sort of a second part of that answer really is about, you know, once employers have gained insight from their people and have some clarity around the purpose of their office, I then suggest they build a project plan to build, to bring everything together into one place. So for example, before anyone physically attends the office, companies will have to have a safe return plan, which encompasses all of the legal health and safety obligations. And there are some really very specific obligations at the moment on employers and employees laid out in the health and safety legislation before offices can safely open. Um, there's the COVID-19 secure guidelines, which provide really practical advice about how work can be undertaken safely. And there's 14 of these different guides that cover a range of different types of work, um, but they're broadly similar across all workplace settings. But the guidelines aren't law, so it's, it's really up to employees to implement their own risk assessment that comply with health and safety legislation. Um, and there's lots of other practical considerations for employers to think about, such as potentially amending or adding to HR policies, remote working health and safety requirements, the use of technology and data protection issues. But all of these items can be built into your plan and be delegated out to specialist help if, if it's needed. That's really useful. And actually, it's interesting to think about the human side of it in terms of that consultation that you, you sure. refer to, yeah. but then the practical side of it sure. as well. So and yeah. I, and I think over and above the practical considerations, I mm. would urge your listeners to think really carefully about the impact of hybrid working on their organisational culture. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that human piece. We know that there are some real benefits of hybrid working. Mm -hmm. Things like increased productivity, improved work-life balance, increased employee engagement, but maintaining your company culture, your kind of how it feels to work here vibe, whilst dealing with potentially large scale change needs to be carefully managed. So my advice really is to be open and honest and transparent at every step of the way as you navigate this journey as a business leader yourself. 
and treat your staff like adults, empower them to be part of those conversations. Good advice, Sarah. And I think it's interesting when you talk about um, being open and transparent and planning and thinking about the culture, but also it's interesting you touched on the short and long term. Yes, you know, absolutely. Because we don't really know, but perhaps even thinking about what can be done in the short term, but plan for the long term too. Yeah, and um, it will evolve. You know, these, these plans will change uh, as we all become clearer about what this means for us um, and what we want to do with our offices and what the staff want. They will change over time. And it's interesting because the office, if we think about it, you know, the office in part, is intended to bring people closer together mm -hmm. but what, what do you feel now the purpose of the office will be? I think I think the answer will be different for everybody I think it will still bring people together but the purpose and, and so the purpose of the office will really be about collaboration um, education so training and, and development learning and engagement so I think they will be the primary purposes, personally. And, and an example of that be, might be that managers might want to use the office to have their team one-to-ones or client meetings. Mm -hmm. um, the office might be used for team events or training days or socials, rather than the quiet desk-based work that requires kind of quite deep concentration. And, and that's not to say that desk-based work won't happen in the office of the future, but I, I think it will be done differently. Mm. Um, whereas before, most people needed a reason to work from home. I actually think in the future, people will need a reason to go into the office. Kind of reverse, like yeah, the of it. For sure. It kind of goes yeah. back to your task and location, really, doesn't it? Yeah, absolutely. I think it's empowering, empowering your staff to make sensible decisions about where it's best that they do the work, um, you know, and where they're most productive. Mm. Um, we spent a lot of our time you know in in the days of old trying to cover up the noise of of a busy office <laughs> with head, headphones and moving into private meeting rooms and so forth but actually we've now got a really good opportunity to reconfigure how yeah. we work and where we work for sure so so what do you see Sarah as the, the if you like the pros and cons of a hybrid and remote working structure Sure. Okay. Let's start with some of the positives then. Yeah. Um, so in, in a hybrid culture, obviously, as we said, people are given the choice um, over how and where they work. And that that's flex depending on the business. But by doing that, they inevitably, inevitably feel empowered and trusted to do their best work in the environment that suits them best. So we know that 94% of employers believe company productivity is the same or higher than it was before the pandemic. And that's a lot to do with, in my opinion, that's a lot to do with how people have been trusted to do their work in the, in the way that suits them. Um, I touched on this earlier, but 80% of workers have said that it's important to be able to maintain a good work-life balance after the pandemic. Mm -hmm. So a well-managed hybrid working plan really enables improved work-life balance and reduced stress. Um, that's that's got to be a, that's got to be a pro. Mm. Um, by giving your people greater autonomy around their, their work and life, you'll be showing them that you trust in their ability to manage their own work priorities. Um, and this might be a larger shift in ways of working than you'd first imagine for some businesses, because there will be managers trying to navigate the challenges of managing a hybrid team. 
So don't underestimate how hard some people will find moving to hybrid working and the impact that will have on your culture. So, you know, you can get past the resistance. If you can get past that, your culture will benefit as you're more likely to retain your employees' loyalty and obviously keep them in business. And then I guess finally, just in terms of the, the, the positives, I mean, there's lots, but the ones I'm talking about today, mm. simply by working in a more flexible way, you naturally un, uh, open up previously untapped talent pools, right? Mm. So whereas before the pandemic, companies mm. would often be really limited to local talent with, within very restricted geographical areas, now with dynamic working, companies can expand their search wider than ever before. You know, the world has become suddenly very small with yeah. the use of technology and people working in this new dynamic way. Um, yeah. yeah, and then and then some of the challenges. Well, I think I've talked about culture, uh, and if your business is built on like a really vibrant social culture, you know, moving to a hybrid working model might be more of a challenge. You know, having those regular socials down at the pub after work, etc. But but we know that culture doesn't exist simply in the walls of our offices, right? So that's a good mm-hmm. thing. And we know that with input from your teams, you can adapt your ways of working to align with what makes your business special. So my suggestion with overcoming that challenge is to really ask your people what they see as being important and ensure that you build that into your core values and behaviours and, and ultimately your, your plan for the future. Mm. Um, I, and yeah. go on, yeah? No, I was just going to say, um, it's really interesting um, in terms of thinking about that and about what makes your business special. Yeah, you absolutely. Know, it's not yeah. restricted to the walls of a building, but much more than that. And communication is so important there. But yeah, lovely. Please continue. Sarah. Absolutely, yeah. So, and um, you know, I think... We would be, it would be remiss of me not to talk about well-being and the impacts that the last year's had on, on well-being. We can't underestimate that. You know, people living through the pandemic, the impact of that will last a long time. And people will require some longer-term support. Um, so it's really important in any kind of planning for the future to have some well-being support in place and to consider all of those complex issues that might arise after people have been asked to stay at home for a whole year and then return potentially to an office space. You know, some of the questions you might want to ask yourself are things like, you know, how will they feel about returning to the workplace? How will they feel about using public transport, for example? Mm. You know, I went into London for the first time a couple of weeks ago and it it did feel very strange. Really? Very strange. And, and, um, you know, it was fine. I enjoyed Mm. the day, I had a great day. Um, but it was strange after a year of not having commuted anywhere. Um, yeah. So people need to think about that. And, and also with people potentially working from home or remotely, companies might also just want to think about how they help their staff to establish boundaries whilst working at home. You know, um, yeah. that includes digital well-being too. So, you know, having good habits around tech needs to be part of that roadmap that I talked about before because that will also form part of your future culture as well. You know, we don't want to all be on call 24-7 and we need to have some guidelines around how we're working um, when we're not in the office. Yeah. Um, when you've got your team in, in the office altogether, obviously you, you tend to work in a fairly structured way. You know, you have the ability to, to be quite fluid in your routine. Um, but in hybrid working, 
those people working remotely could potentially miss out on important activities that happen on an ad hoc basis. So we've, you know, we've got used to everybody being remote, but, but the problems around communication, I think we're gonna be more prevalent when we've got some people in and some people out. So that's where the risk arises around communication. So, you know, I think we just need to be mindful of that and having, you know, having the tools we've got now, we're very lucky to have so many communication and collaboration tools out there available to us, just using those in the right way to ensure that everybody is bought into the conversation. Yeah. Um, and then just finally, there's a couple of other things. Obviously, hybrid working has the potential to impact on personal development. Um, you know, if people aren't in close proximity, additional effort has to be made to ensure that opportunities are still available to them. Um, you know, we need to think about how we manage performance um, and be more purposeful on those things. Um, so setting very clear objectives that are focused and those conversations need to be more regular so that there's yeah. continuous feedback throughout the year. Um, and then I think finally, just the, my last point on this is, um, I think companies do need to think carefully about the impact of hybrid working on their diversity and inclusion. You know, we know that certain groups such as women and BAME have been disproportionately affected by this crisis. So companies need to think about that and take some steps to mitigate those negative impacts um, at those more on at-risk groups, you know, whilst also ensuring that there is equality and inclusion within their new normal workplace. Yeah, that's a good point. There's a lot of good points in there, Sarah. <laughs> there's fair. just so, I mean, there's so yeah. much, but I mean, I think there's a lot. There's a lot to consider, and it does yeah. feel quite over, it can feel quite overwhelming. I think that's one of, that's why I've said, I know it's like, you know, teaching people to suck eggs, but actually get it down into a plan, mm. break it down into, into manageable chunks, yeah. because then that stuff can be delegated out to specialists if needs be. It can be managed internally, but it, it breaks that it takes the enormity of the task away and breaks it down into smaller manageable chunks. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And as you say, there's there's a lot to take in and a lot to plan, mm. but it's almost like it's not a given. You know, this move and the way the the you know the work of the future is going sure. to be different, and there will be things that people do need to think about. And I like that you mentioned, for example, the good habits. You mm. know, those things that we we do need to be mindful of in terms of being constantly, you know, switched on or how you manage the communications. There's a lot to think about. Mm, but, mm, you know, sure. as you say, once you get past that resistance, if there is resistance, there are so many benefits that can come from it too. Absolutely. But a yeah. lot of really good content there, I think, for, for you know, our fellow business leaders to be thinking right. about as they are considering how their office is going to be uh, in the future and how they're going to manage that. Um, if you had some top tips that you would share with us that businesses could consider as they start bringing people back into the office, what would it be, Sarah? So I've got three things, right? So mm. it's going to be reiterating what I've said already. So the yeah. first one, as I said earlier, is think about what the purpose of your office will be and mm -hmm. how you will use it in the future. We know that people still want to be able to go to an office, but the way it will be used will inevitably be different. So that's my first thing. Think about the purpose of your office and how you want to use it in the future. Mm -hmm. Secondly, I think you need to talk to your people. Let's not forget that businesses are essentially made up of people. 
and uh, human beings and we need mm-hmm. to ask them how they're feeling about the lockdown measures coming to an end and what the impact of this might be on them um, so talk to your people get some engagement going and, and have those conversations and then finally create a plan so as I said before get it down in writing figure out a plan to help you um, through the next couple of months you don't wait until the 21st of June when hopefully mm. the lockdown measures will be released. Think about how you can start to prepare now by building that project plan to incorporate some of those practical steps that I've talked about today so that you can reopen your office safely. So really? yeah, they're my top three tips really. I think just one final word as well is that, you know, it does feel like an overwhelming, it can feel like an overwhelming task, but break it down into small, small chunks. There's lots of resources available online. Um, the government website is particularly helpful for some of the sort of legal health and safety pieces. So have a look there too. Um, but actually, this is a this is a good thing. I, I genuinely think this is, you know, hybrid working is is here to stay, and um, I think it will transform organisations for the best. Yeah, I hope so, Sarah, and I certainly agree. And I like your three final points there: purpose, engage, and plan. This is you know, some very good mindful tips there. <laughs> there, <laughs> there. Thank you. Thank you so much for joining us today and for this valuable chat. It's been a pleasure talking to you today. And thank to you our listeners. Oh, my pleasure. And to our listeners, I hope you enjoyed our talking with me. Look out for future episodes coming soon.